Yeah, I got you. If now. we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All things safe. Representative Jason Saint. Good morning. You are listening to All Things Sane. I am your host, Representative Jason Sane. Good to be with you today, live from the legislative building in Raleigh, where not much is going on, uh, unfortunately. Uh, it seems like we it's a lot of hurry up and wait these days. Uh, it's been a big week, but uh, haven't got a resolve on the budget. Uh, well, actually, uh, I think about 40 of my caucus members have resolved what to do while waiting on the other 30 uh, to, well, I guess do what they're going to do and not do anything. Uh, we are, it's been an interesting week so far and it's just Wednesday. We appreciate you listening in. I uh, appreciate last week, my, my guest host, uh, David Coble did an extraordinary job as he always does. I always worry that I might have some, some job security issues. He does a great job, but also joining him last week was attorney extraordinaire rabble rouser, Larry Shaheen, uh, a good friend who's very involved in the Charlotte area, uh, very involved in economic development issues and uh, real estate and other issues uh, in, in the greater Charlotte region, Lake Norman region. So it's great to listen to them. Uh, I unfortunately was traveling uh, with the leadership role that I have with the North Carolina House. Uh, the speaker, myself, and our rules chairman, Dustin Hall, were in Chicago for some meetings um, and had we could we could hear, but we couldn't we couldn't participate. We were uh, we were too busy, but they did a great job and, and really appreciate them doing that. As I say, uh, as as you always listen to all things sane, uh, we'll let you know what's going on here at the legislature and elsewhere. I did have a great weekend. My son and I traveled with the UNC Charlotte football team to Maryland uh, and they played Maryland. It was a great first half. Uh, second half, not so much, but uh, I was, it was an awesome experience to be with the coach. Uh, as you've listened, you know that Coach Poggi has been on the show many times and a dear friend and really have got to know a, a lot of the boys on the team and just watching them play their hearts out against a Big Ten opponent. And uh, I'm not one of these that normally say, you know, hey, home cooking and the refs were uh, unfair, but I'm going to say home cooking and the refs were unfair. Uh, because I got to witness it firsthand there on the sidelines and and uh, just a couple of things that really changed momentum. Uh, but, you know, that's football, as they say. And I know that the coach will be ready to come back this week. They have a home game on Saturday evening at uh, Jerry Richardson Stadium on campus. Looking forward to that. And I, I feel another win coming on. Right now they're one and one. So at 500, you know, we'll take it. Uh, but, uh, you know, you learn from your, your defeats more sometimes than you learn from your victories. And I I think they're putting together a really good game plan to, to go out there. But I expect another packed stadium. Uh, the uh, Poggi era has really launched and really getting national attention uh, for UNC Charlotte, for the Charlotte region. Uh, we were on NBC this, this past, uh, really, and quite frankly, if you, if you uh, were a Spectrum customer, it might have been the only game you could watch uh, because it was on NBC. Uh, and with the uh, disputes that are going on, uh, that continue to go on, on, on uh, with ESPN and, and Spectrum, uh, which I know a lot of folks were disappointed they couldn't watch a lot of college ball. But, uh, hey, you got the UNC Charlotte 49ers and got to watch them. So it was a lot of fun. My, my wife was uh, at home watching and, and uh, equally as frustrated as we were on the sidelines. Um, but it has been a big week at the legislature, whether, whether we voted on things or not. I've got joining me today Representative Alan Chester, good friend. Representative Chester, hello to you. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me on, bud. 
Yeah, man. And uh, short notice, I know, because, uh, you know, the way this week has gone, uh, not many things have gone as planned. But uh, uh, we, we're talking about a couple little things here at the legislature, uh, you know, uh, $32, 33000000000 billion, something like that, a budget that was uh, really due on July 1st. Uh, the House did our, our part. We passed our budget way back in April, sent it over to the Senate. They've sent it back, and we just haven't been able to come to, to an agreement, though I thought this week we were coming back to vote on a budget. What was your thoughts? Yeah, that's what I was hearing as well. Um, I know there was some disagreement on on what was going to be in there as a, as a finance package, um, but uh, I was told that uh, if we had the majority of the caucus to move it forward, we would move it forward. Uh, and uh, so... It's been uh, been an interesting ride. I don't have much to compare it to as being a freshman. Uh, I was joking with some other ones and saying, you know, hey, this is as crazy as I've ever seen it. So. <laughs> uh, crazy is a good word for it. I, I saw chaos used yesterday on a tweet from North State Journal. Uh, apparently, uh, some of our colleagues are, are talking about the chaos. Uh, you and I being two of those. Uh, I know yesterday was was going to be a big business day in the in the House session and. It never materialized. Not sure what happened. You got any insight? No, I'm not sure, man. Um, you know, I just, uh, everything got canceled. It's, so I, I guess we'll try again next week. I, I guess we will. Uh, to set it up for everybody, the um, what, what has happened is the Senate has, quite frankly, been very transparent the whole time. If you look at their tax package, uh, we're trying to backfill uh, a lot of the tax cuts that they're pushing for. Uh, with, uh, you know, uh, gambling tax, if you will, from uh, video lottery terminals and the addition of uh, four casinos. And one of those casinos would likely be in your area if this passes. Isn't that correct? Yeah. So um, the, the way I, I preface this is always we're, we're looking at two separate issues. We're looking at where uh, the state would, would be expanding gaming activities in the state. Uh, we're not legalizing it. We're expanding it. It already happens out in the western part of the state. And so we would be adding three more non-tribal controlled facilities and one more tribal controlled facility, from my understanding, from the draft language that I've read. Um, and then the, the separate issue is the actual economic development portion of it, which the state really has no control over. Uh, but Nash County w is pretty high on the list due to our 95-65 interchange um, and, you know, just the, the openness and the, the easy access that we have with, with, with that. Um, uh, a developer in this particular industry has already got some land options in place. So I, I would think we'd be pretty high on the list of priorities for, for anyone looking to, to expand into that particular uh, industry. Well, you know, you bring up a good point when you talk about one location. Uh, but two, the way the bill is crafted, it would go into tier one areas, tier one counties. And if for our listeners who don't understand what that might be, uh, the, the Commerce Department has long had a tier system, a ranking system, if you will, of, of measuring how, you know, economically uh, good or bad, I guess you'd say, a, a county is doing. And a tier three being the top tier, uh, I represent Lincoln County. We've got listeners in Mecklenburg, listeners in Iredale, all tier three counties. Uh, so these casinos would go nowhere in, in the listening footprint of, of, of who we're broadcasting to. Uh, but they are likely to go, uh, as, as the language is written, into Tier 1 counties, which are our counties that are most economically distressed. And so part of the idea behind it, what the Senate has put forward, and I think it's an, a very intriguing idea. I think it's a good idea. I think it, one, to your point, 
Alan, was that what it's already legal in North Carolina. It's just only a, a select few legislators get to enjoy the benefits of it. Uh, interesting enough, those same select few legislators are some of the ones that are opposing it and holding up the budget right now, uh, literally keeping millions and millions of dollars going out to the state and in many, many projects from arriving. These legislators are holding, uh, you know, a lot of other counties hostage uh, because of their stand. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, it's so regardless of, of how you feel about casinos, um, we're, t- we're also talking about a mandate 1,750 jobs for each district that this lands in. Uh, and, and those are hard to come by. We just spent $4 billion, I believe, doing a little bit less than that in Randolph County for, for Toyota to come and provide roughly the same number of jobs. So it's important to remember that and have that in perspective. That's right. We're going to talk more about this. I think that's interesting, too, what we're doing in other counties. We'll be back. You're listening to All Things Sane on WSIC. And good morning. You're listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC. I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane, uh, broadcasting to you live uh, today from the legislative building here in Raleigh, where not much is going on. Unfortunately, uh, we thought this week we'd be voting on a budget. I rearranged my life and uh, my child is staying with my parents because my wife's at a work conference too in Greensboro. Uh, but nevertheless, I get to spend fun times in Raleigh on your behalf and glad to do so, though I do wish we had a budget that was ready to vote on. And for my part, uh, I've done that and a lot of lo- legislators have done that, but we have uh, 30 or so legislators that are holding up the process. Uh, joining me today, we've got Representative Alan Chester. He represents Nash County, a good friend of mine in, in the House. Uh, it's it's hard to say it. Alan, I still can't believe you're just a freshman because you're involved in a lot of legislation here at the building. And you have jumped in feet first or head first. Although be careful not to hit your head uh, uh, here at the legislature. And we really appreciate you and appreciate you being on today. All right, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for the invite. Um, yeah, I've uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I appreciate you taking me under your wing and showing me the ropes and uh, look forward to what we get accomplished, if anything, at this point. <laughs> well, if anything, at this point. I had a reporter writing me this morning and, and uh, just curious and, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a private conversation, but she was asking about my frustration level. And uh, as my son will will say to me, because you know, every now and then, you know, you, you don't have the convenience when you're an elected official of, of being able to say always what's exactly on your mind. Um, and uh, as, as my son will say, uh, uh, Dad, I think you're about to pop. And uh, I think I've been about to pop uh, uh, this week. But, uh, uh, but, you know, amazingly, according to Facebook yesterday, I was on Lake Norman. Um, which was surprising to some of my colleagues. Uh, I, of course, was not on Lake Norman, to which I replied back to them, don't believe everything you read on the Internet. I don't know if you know that or not, but it's all not true. Uh, But we were here, and there were a number of absences from the House floor yesterday, and part of that was the frustration that that is starting to take root here at the building. I think some legislators, I won't speak for anyone else but myself, but I know how frustrated I am. I think some legislators said, you know what? If we're not voting on a budget, then we're not voting. And I think opted to to take the stay-at-home option or to at least not uh, go to the House floor. Uh, like I say, I've been in here in Raleigh since uh, since Monday morning. But, um, but you know, it's uh, it has gotten to that point where it's a pretty intense situation. 
and and a lot of frustration. It's it's already out there publicly, but uh, the majority of our caucus has voted to move forward with a budget with casinos in it, which will deeply impact your town there in Nash County, and and we still can't vote on a budget. And we don't even know what the Democrats, how they would vote. Uh, we haven't seen you know anything come out of their caucus as to whether they were for or against. Uh, this budget also has Medicaid expansion in it, which I was I was opposed to. Alan, I can't remember. If, I think he probably maybe voted for it. Our caucus was was uh, uh, you know saw it a couple different ways, and that's fine. That's that's the process. You don't always get your way, uh, but you generally do always get to vote on a budget. And and unfortunately. Uh, we haven't had that opportunity yet. Um, you know, you live in the area where there's people, there's certainly people that are opposed to casinos and appreciate a different viewpoint. Uh, but there are a lot of people who do, and a lot of people who would really like to see that economic development happen in a tier one area that, that needs good jobs, that needs good high paying jobs, uh, and also everything that would go along with it. Because the way this bill is structured, uh, it's not just about a casino, it's about a lot of retail opportunity, uh, which will also bring with that development and infrastructure and things that just come when you grow. And that's something I think your area, Alan, probably desperately wants. Yeah, um, my area is unique. Um, we uh, we have a large municipal uh, area, rural area or urban area in, in the city of Rocky Mount. And then we have the remainder of the county is more or less rule um, with small municipalities kind of sprinkled throughout and um, so it, it's it's a unique situation because I'm not just legislating for a city I'm also legislating for a very rural county um, and so trying to find ways to balance those opinions because uh, they don't always line up um, but we used to be a major banking hub for for the state as well as a textile hub and over the past several decades, we, we've lost both of those industries. Um, and we're trying to come back as a, as a manufacturing hub, uh, but we're just not seeing the results that, that we would like to. Uh, and case in point, we talked about the economic development opportunity. Um, this land that is currently under option, at least a majority of it, has been under option some in some form or another for 15 years. And we just haven't found someone who who's willing to, to take the risk to go there uh, for varying reasons, whether, you know, I think COVID killed one of the deals. Workforce was another concern for another. Um, from what I've heard, obviously, all this predates me. But um, it's uh, generally speaking for tier one economic development that is going to come through through the state in some form or fashion. Uh, it requires a lot more tax incentives than what, what this bill this particular form of development is asking for, which is which is zero. Um, but uh, I, I've said several times, um, if you just remove the casino element altogether and you just look at it as an economic development piece, I don't know how I look at the people in my district, which is roughly 50% higher unemployment rate than the state average. And the numbers that I've seen are anywhere from 12 to $20,000 lower than the average income for household um, than, than the rest of the state. I don't know how I look at my constituents and say, you know, we don't need 1,700 jobs. I just I don't I don't think we have the luxury of turning away almost 1,800 jobs. Well, right. When the when when truly it's it's it. I, I mean, I'd call it somewhat desperate situation. Um, and and you've got some you know unfortunately some. I, I don't be too critical of your leadership there, but I, I just saw yesterday where uh, our, our state DSS has has taken over 
uh, was it your local uh, local operations there? Is that did I read that correctly? Yeah, um, that that uh, what day was that? Was that Monday? I think it might have been Monday. They announced that they were taking over. The state was going to be taking over the the county DHHS. Um, we've had some concerning reports there. Uh, we've had a, a couple. Uh, I think two is what's been reported to me. Um, child fatalities while in custody. Um, and the state DHHS said that uh, based off their review, it was supervisor issues and management and oversight um, at the county level. So they're they're going to come in and, and start looking at ways to, to improve the service level and the oversight that uh, that is within our county. Um, I think, I mean, it, obviously it's a tragedy anytime something like that happens, but uh, that, that should be paramount is making sure that the children are safe. And especially if the state's going to come in and try to take custody of them, they should be safer than, than the environment we removed them from. Absolutely. I, you know, as you know, from working with me um, in my support of child advocacy centers, that's one of the kind of my, one of my top issues is just yeah. uh, how, how we treat children. And uh, because I do think they're the most innocent of us all and uh, they need advocates. And when, when, you know, local government services fail them, uh, that that really truly is a tragedy, uh, and and with everything else going on in the in in this debate, uh, that's that's that is pretty sad. But um, you know, we're we're looking at at uh, you know this this debate, and it continues on. And and you know, we're not absent of any bit players jumping in and trying to capitalize on it. It seems like mm -hmm. we've got a couple people running for statewide office uh, who've inserted themselves into what I think, really, quite frankly, is a local issue. Um, you know. I, like I described, I mean, the, the listening audience here is all a tier three area. Uh, we, we do pretty well. Uh, you know, not, I'm not saying we're perfect, far from it, but but economically, you know, there's opportunity where, where we are. And, you know, unfortunately, I think sometimes, you know, politicians, and I know this will shock some listening, uh, try to take advantage uh, and, and, quite frankly, uh, you know, score points on, on the backs of people who who are desperate for opportunity. I, you know, I, I think it's no different when I see Republicans going in and and trying to keep an area poor because, quite frankly, I think that's what they're doing. Uh, trying to keep an area poor when they can score political points and think that they're somehow, uh, you know, accumulating votes and and prestige, uh, you know, in, in, when inserting themselves in the debate. I, I, you know, I, been very, uh, uh, quite frankly, disgusted with a few of our colleagues who who we've had to sit through in caucus a couple of uh, sermons, uh, and I, I won't name names, but uh, uh, or, or watch their tweets. I mean, they're they're doing it publicly, so uh, and see what what they're what they're doing. And, and interestingly enough, these are the same people who come from areas uh, that are doing you know far better economically, and quite frankly, in my opinion won't impact their districts one bit, except for the fact that for us that live in tier three counties, no longer have to foot as much of the bill for, for these counties that are economically distressed because you yourselves will be supporting yourselves, which I think uh, at the end of the day is probably one of the most Republican ideals you can have. Yeah, it was interesting. One of the arguments, um, not getting into specifics, was essentially if these developments move into these particular counties that, that are eligible, um, will no longer be tier one counties. And therefore, we'll lose some of the incentives from the state government, federal government that, that are then offered to tier one counties. And we would have to pay more of our own way. And to me, that just seems like one of the most ingenuine, insincere arguments that a conservative Republican can possibly make against 
uh, a policy. Um, I'm all for whatever side anybody wants to land on. I, like I said, I've, I've tried to keep my thumb off the scale and, and get as honest and direct feedback as I can. Um, but to, for the arguments that some people are making against uh, these particular policies, they, they just don't match up with true conservative principles. Yeah, that's that, that's absolutely correct. Uh, you're listening uh, to All Things Sane uh, here on WSIC, I'm talking with my good friend, Representative Alan Chesser, uh, who's another member of the House Republican Caucus. We've been debating the budget and casinos and VLTs for quite some time now. Uh, we're going to continue talking on the show today about that. As we as we move along, we'll uh, we'll reveal some of the other things that are that are happening. Uh, uh, you could write a book about it and it read like fiction. Um, we've even seen uh, some members of our caucus uh, take shots at the Senate leadership, which I think is never productive, no matter how frustrated you might get. Uh, it's never never a good place to start negotiations when you're calling each other names. Uh, you're listening to All Things Sane. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to All Things Sane. I am your host, Representative Jason Sane, broadcasting live from the legislative building in Raleigh, where nothing is going on, except Alan Chester and I, Representative Alan Chester and I are having a great conversation. Uh, glad to include you in on that. Uh, for those who got to watch during the break, uh, you, you probably get a little more insight. Uh, if, you're, if you're watching on the social medias, on the YouTubes or the LinkedIn, uh, uh, you, you get a you get to catch the other part of the show, which is a conversation that's going uh, in between. So uh, if you if you hear that, please uh, give uh, um, uh, Alan Chester and I your grace, and uh, and and uh, hopefully we've humored you a little bit. But hey, Alan Chester, great to have you on. We're talking about casinos. The quote of the day in the NC Insider uh, is this quote is always at the top of the at the top of the. Uh, uh, publication that comes out every day um and it's you don't say and uh, it quotes senate leader phil berger and he says it's larger than just casinos and that's exactly what we've been talking about it is larger than just casinos it is about economic development it's also about uh touching on a gray market that has been out there for a long time with these little pop-up um mini casinos if you will that have been operating because there's been an absence of law uh, to address those, um, and um, there, this has all been going on uh, really throughout the session. The discussion has been there, but you and I, Alan, have uh, colleagues that acted shocked that this would be in the budget. Um, were you surprised? No, I mean, so it's uh, the ability to re reverse engineer numbers um, is, I, I thought, pretty commonplace, or would be when I got here. Uh, but as a freshman, I'm learning that uh, you know nothing is really surprising. Um, so when the Senate budget first dropped uh, and they had the, that deficit built in, the fiscal deficit that everyone was complaining about, and uh, especially in, in the House caucus um, was complaining about, um, it, it was simple to me. It's like, okay, these, these guys have been around for a while. We've never accused them of being fiscally liberal. They've always been fiscally conservative. So this is, to me, it's not an oversight. It's intentional. So I started looking at the numbers and you, and you, you brought it up in one of the caucuses and, and I think laid it out perfectly for everyone. Like it, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't an oversight. And they did not suddenly stop being fiscal conservatives on the Senate side overnight for this budget. So just look at the specifics of the numbers and how the deficit grew 
and it was a, almost a direct correlation to the revenues that were projected for VLTs and casinos. And the reason it grew is because as those industries came into maturity, we would expect to get more revenues from it. That's why the deficit continued to grow year after year until it hit a plateau. Um, so, so no, it, it didn't surprise me. <laughs> I know that was a long-winded answer, but it did not surprise me. No, but that's the answer, right? I mean, it's. It, it, I mean, I, I, you know, laid it out as you say, pretty, pretty mm -hmm. succinctly to our, our caucus members early on. Uh, when when their budget came over, though it didn't have the the uh, agreed upon finance package, uh, which would include revenue from casinos and VLTs, um, it it certainly left. Uh, an obvious, you know, structural deficit. If you didn't have these things, and it was being right. talked about at the legislative building, so, you know, there's been some some in our caucus um, um, that have suggested that we pass this budget as is without uh, the casinos and VLT legislation. Problem is, that's probably fiscally irresponsible because you've got no way to pay for the tax cuts if that's the case. So. That that being said, uh, I, I don't have any interest in going down that road. Uh, I, I owe it to to you know, the people in my district to, if nothing else, uh, I think obviously you can't always agree with everybody, but I think everyone in my district would say, please do not put the state at a fiscally irresponsible place. And and I, I'm I'm afraid that some of our so-called conservatives are doing just that. Yeah, I think this is a perfect example of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, we, we have some within the caucus that appear so singularly focused on defeating casinos that we are <laughs> abandoning our conservative principles and our obligation to provide a balanced budget. Um, so if you just remove those revenue generators without cutting spending or without reducing the, the or slowing or taking out the, the, the reduction in taxes, what you do is you build in a deficit and um, like I, I didn't know when that was a, a position that we were going to be taking as a caucus. I thought that we were pretty well opposed to that. That that was the number one argument that we had with the draft Senate budget when it was discussed in caucus, was that it it had a deficit because obviously these revenues were removed. And so I I don't think that we've addressed it. I haven't heard anything about how we how we're going to address it uh, moving forward if the revenues from casinos and VLTs are removed. Well, you know, that, that kind of is the, the big, big question, uh, you know, how do you move forward? And now there's some suggestion, just suggestions, that, and I, I'm starting to lean that way, that if, if these are the options that we're given, uh, and Leader Berger has been very specific that that's the way they want this budget to happen, and quite frankly, that's part of the negotiation. Uh, if you go through this budget, this printed budget that I have, uh, and, and actually for my for for those that are watching, this is what that looks like. Uh, here is a copy of, of what we're talking about. This is how you spend $32 billion. And and so, um, you know, there's a lot in that budget. Um, I was talking with the president of my community college, Gaston College. I, I represent Lincoln, but Gaston serves uh, Lincoln as well. And they have a, 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 you know, a school there uh, in Lincolnton that's actually my old junior high school is where they're located. Uh, and have a lot of students that go there. Um, $60 million for their health program for a building that would, would produce the health care workers that we desperately need. We're having trouble filling those positions. Literally, just, just for my community alone, that $60 million would mean a lot. Uh, 
And then interestingly enough, I've, I've got legislators who I don't represent Gaston County, but the three who do are opposed to it. Um, so that that's been interesting. They've been very public about it. So I'm not I'm not telling some caucus secret, uh, but that's the choice. You know, one of the choices that are that, that people are faced with right now. And, you know, there's there's a lot of other things. I know that there's there's funding for a um, a water line uh, in Lincoln County uh, to some homes that uh, have you know recently found arsenic in their wells. Uh, they they need this money uh, to run a sewer water and sewer line so that they can, um, you know, have fresh, clean drinking water. We've got a lot of infrastructure projects all across the state, water and sewer. And. and when you talk about gambling, uh, we've got legislators who are gambling with the fact that this may not happen. I, you know, as a budget, as a budget, uh, 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 as a appropriations chairman, as a budget writer, you know, my job is to go in and, and not just you know try to find things for my district. Though I certainly do that, uh, but to help others. The city of Troutman has, uh, which is in this listening area. Um, has a, a, a huge uh, amount of money uh, coming to them for water and sewer if we can get this budget passed. And so, um, you know, and it's really not a problem for the legislators that are in this listing area. I, you know, th- there's so much more than casinos and VLTs, and that's exactly the point that Senator, Ler- Senator uh, Berger was trying to make, was that it's larger than just casinos. It, there's many things happening in this budget. Employee raises. I mean, our highway patrolmen, uh, God bless them. I mean, they, they put their lives on the line every day. Our ALE officers, our, our prison workers, uh, you know, they're, they're having to suffer through inflation just like you and I are. And this is the only way that we can combat that is with a pay increase for them. And that's in this budget. Yeah. So, I mean, just my district alone, I haven't called anyone and told them what I've been told is in the budget yet because I'm not sure that this is a finalized product at this point. So I don't want to, you know, give people false hope that, hey, this is what I've got in the budget to come. But, uh, you know, what I'm being told is, is this is a record level of support that's coming back to my district for they've never they've never seen state level support like quite like what what's in this current version of the budget. Um, and so it, the the insincere notion that we can just pull out a funding mechanism and it not affect uh, member requests or some or the tax cuts um, down the road, I, I think that's detrimental to to what we're trying to present to the people, which is conservative principles. I think I think if we begin to go down that road where we make insincere promises to the people, um, you can say it won't affect the tax cuts, but the tax cuts are based off of triggers and there's zero chance we meet those financial triggers without the revenues that are generated from, from casinos and VLTs. So if we want to be sincere and we want to be genuine with, with the people that we represent, we've gotta be honest about where the, where the cuts need to come from if we're going to take this out of the budget. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, and, and you know, and then the next option is, has been talked about is going to many budgets. And quite frankly, that's a that's a last last ditch effort. Um, it would I, I would think would include the include the Medicaid expansion. It would include uh, you know the pay raises for our state workers uh, and critical funding, but not much else after that. Uh, that's kind of that's you know as they say that's politics. It's not you know it's not Burger King. Uh, you don't get to have it your way. Uh, it is always about negotiating. It is always about, uh, as as my politics 101 professor told me, uh, politics are about who gets what, when, and how. And uh, or, and politics is about who doesn't get what, when, and how. Um, so we, we're faced with that, and it, and it is at this point in time, I think, becoming critical uh, for us to to you know, um, 
either cut bait and go home or, or, or get it done. And, and so as this frustration builds, it, it does make for some good political theater. The building is swarming uh, with, with reporters uh, trying to find out what's next because people want to know. They want to know when is this going to be resolved? And, and they're asking questions. I've got, uh, I was talking with my county manager yesterday about a lot of things that, that we're working on together, our school systems. And I know you do the same thing. It is, it is, it is happening all over the state. And, uh, you know, most people don't pay attention to government until it fails. And so uh, hopefully we can get past that point. We've got one more segment to go. I've got with me Representative Alan Chester, Nash County here on All Things Sane. We'll be back to you in just a moment. listening to all things sane here on WSIC. Uh, you might be listening on the podcast later. Really appreciate those that download. You can get it all your special uh, places where you get podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, various places across the internets. Uh, but you can also watch us live uh, when we broadcast. We do it on LinkedIn. We do it on YouTube. We do it on uh, uh, Facebook. I think, uh, quite frankly, we're everywhere. So, hey, you know, Representative Alan Chester, this is the only way the two ugly guys like you and me can get on on a broadcast. So, uh, hey, right. thanks for politics. Yeah. <laughs> We've for been talking up, about, man. hey, you know. protected uh, by radio. Face for radio, but unfortunately now everything is uh, also doing the video. But here we are. Um We've been talking about uh, casinos, VLTs, the budget, uh, delays in Raleigh, uh, looking at um, uh, Don, Don Vaughn and uh, uh, Kyle Ingram on the Insider. I guess this probably was in the uh, Raleigh News Observer. Uh, for the second time in two weeks, House Republicans were expected to pass a massive elections overhaul, but pulled it at the last sec- second. Um, the legislation, Senate Bill 749, would have stripped Democrat Governor Roy Cooper of his appointments to election boards and required all boards to have an even number of Democrats and Republicans. Currently, these boards are structured to have a 3-2 majority of the governor's party. Um, it's interesting. Um, you know, this bill has been around for a while, uh, trying to get it done, but um, there's some speculation that the reason session didn't go off yesterday is because, well, Republicans said, you know, if we can't get this budget done, maybe, maybe we don't show up. And, uh, and we stop everything till we can deal with the matter at hand. And uh, I did see that uh, I think there were something like 21 Republicans not on the House floor yesterday. Uh, so this is, this is really grinding to a halt uh, till we get it resolved. And I, I think, uh, you know, lines in the sand and people telling each other, hell no, it's probably not a good way to get to resolve. Uh, but it is interesting uh, for this to be your first term, Representative Chester, you, you've getting to see it all this year. Yeah, um, so I've got no baseline to compare it to, so who knows what the next few sessions will be like. I mean, I, I think anything's easier than what we're doing right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the number one thing I've heard is, like like you said before, it's it's not about casinos. It's not about VLTs. Um, it's about the, the process, and uh, a lot of people are talking about the process as if it's been nefarious in some way. Um, but I think it's more than that. I think yesterday the, the big takeaway was just the, the sheer number of members that have felt disrespected. Um, and I know a lot of the appropriation chairs feel that way. Uh, you guys have been locked in a room for nine months, four or five days a week, 
eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours a day sometimes. Uh, I know because my office is right uh, just two doors down from where you guys meet. So um, I know you guys are in there all the time hammering away. Um, and so we feel like we have a, you know, I mean, probably one of the best budgets I, I remember seeing. I haven't been in, in the legislature long, but I followed it for near a little bit over a decade now. Um, and it's overall, one of the best budgets I remember uh, that I can think of. And uh, it's it addresses a ton of our priorities. Um, and just to have it treated in this way and have the work that you guys have done treated in this way, um, I, I can understand the frustration. Well, and thank you. Uh, you've captured it pretty well. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time away from our families. Uh, legislators, by the way, uh, make just under $14,000 $14, a year for the job that we do. We obviously don't do it for the money. Um, and it's, you know, that's not the concern. But you'd like to think that when you've spent that much time away from your family, essentially, we're in September, nine months. I mean, we've worked on the budget probably eight months of that. Uh, when you've spent that time away, just to have, just to come to the end of it and to be held hostage by, by 30 members uh, who just have taken uh, a stance of, of they're just not going to do anything else, uh, really, really just uh, frustrates you. Um, it's, it's, you know, it makes it harder and harder uh, to go back home to, to your spouse and to your, to your son and go, hey, I, my time up here while away is, is well spent and on your behalf uh, when you can't get past past uh past the budget so it, it is it is frustrating uh, nevertheless i'm always a happy warrior and we'll continue to fight because i believe that that uh you know this budget is exactly as you described uh is a lot of good for a lot of people across the state and it's important that we get to that point and for those that would basically take you know the the paychecks and the and the lives of others in their own hands and use it as a negotiating tool uh, because for something that quite frankly doesn't even impact your district is is just uh, a little short of miraculous to me. I, I I'm, I'm yeah I'm I'm surprised uh, at the legislature, but rarely shocked. I think I'm shocked uh, at this point that uh, here we are. But you know um, we we've got uh, a few more minutes on the show today. Uh, certainly don't want to sound negative. I'm always positive that we will get to a resolve. There will be a meeting today. Uh, the mines, if you will. We'll see where we get to from there. Uh, but I do know, just as you pointed out, Representative Chester, that there are a lot of legislators talking back and forth. Uh, there are talks of possible uh, different deals uh, that could be made. There's a pot of money uh, that, that is going to be spent across the state. We do try to spend it you know, pretty fairly across multiple uh, areas, different areas have different needs. It's not, it's not, you know, apples to apples. Uh, you know, Lincoln County probably needs uh, less in some things than they do others and your district probably same way. Uh, but we do try to address a lot of the critical needs that we have in the state. And so um, I think we will get there uh, eventually. I think we have to, I think it's, it's just a fool's errand, but this budget may look very different, uh, you know, as, as, as people take stances where they're just not going to vote for something, uh, the next option is, of course, is to take things from their district and put put into other people's district that are going to vote for something. Um, and I'm not sure that that has uh, marinated yet on the minds of of some of the legislators who are who are taking such a strong stand. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I uh, have the authority to speak on any of that. Um, <laughs> As as a as a mere freshman, mere mortal in this in the in the realm of battle that we're in now, 
Uh, I'm just trying to uh, learn how the game is played, who, who the Chiefs are, who the Indians are, and uh, and and find my place. Well, and to be and to be clear, I, you know, it, it it just presents leadership with a with a difficult choice. And mm-hmm. um, when I when I read some of the things that are being posted out there, uh, what is going to happen if you're out there just totally being critical of of the leader of the Senate? I mean, he's he's a powerful guy. Uh, one would argue he might be the most powerful guy in the state. And if you're out there, and I've, I've got nothing but respect for for Phil Berger, um, I've you know. Certainly gone to battle with him before over issues, but never made it personal. Um, you know, sometimes I win, sometimes he wins. And a lot of times we negotiate, we both get a win, right? And that's what we're sent here to do. And that's what, you know, people who elect us expect us to do. Uh, but when you pick a fight like that and you're you're an individual house member and you're throwing shade like you are on social media, uh, some might question just how effective you're going to be for your, for your constituents. Um you know, I, there's a lot of times I have to bite my tongue uh, when 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 frustrated, like we were talking about during the break. Uh, sometimes I am about to pop. I don't do that. Uh, you don't do that uh, as mad as you might get, as upset as you may be. Uh, but but if that's the case, uh, you know, and, and people have have elected to just go pick big fights, uh, there probably will be big consequences to that. And not, not for me and, and not not from you. I mean, to your point, it's not much. Uh, yeah, I, I can only control my my portion of the budget, uh, and and I I have you know colleagues that you know in that room that other appropriators that we have to work through it, but you do end up when it goes to the other side to the other chamber, um, I would say that uh, the rules chairman over there probably keeps a list of, of a, a naughty list and a nice list, and uh, I, I'm sure you know I'm guessing Senator Berger does the same. Uh, and if and if you've staked out so far that that you have questioned the integrity, and 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 quite frankly, you just name calling uh, a leader on the other side, it, it's going to be hard for for those members to ever get anything accomplished. And then that then the question comes to the voters in their district: Well, I'm a, uh, w- what can they really do for for our community if if no one's listening to them when they go to Raleigh? And that's a that's a that's a really bad place to be. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that no one does anything up here by themselves um you, you know as much as great of an idea as you have i had what i what i call the loving homes act which i thought was a no-brainer and apparently everyone else did because it passed the house and senate unanimous and the governor signed it um but i couldn't carry that through the house by myself let alone get it through the other chamber that is required to sign off on anything that we want to do um, we're a bicameral legislator legislator yeah legislator and we have to work together with the senate to accomplish anything that we want. So um, by just name calling and and going out there and just attacking the other side of of the chamber or the other chamber, uh, effectively we're cutting off our own hand. Uh, We're one body. So we we don't have the luxury of pretending that that we can force our will upon them any more than they can enforce their will upon us. And so at this point we're We've got people on both sides just thumbing their nose at each other, and that's not going to help us accomplish anything. Well, for for you're married, I'm married. Uh, you know, uh, as 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 much as I'd like to think that I always get my way, uh, not foolish. I've been married long enough to know that that's not how it works. And uh, you know, you you find ways to compromise and, and work together, and that doesn't mean there's not an argument every now and then. Uh, but you know, if you if you ever get the name calling. All, all things stop, and uh, and so 
the, the, the mature mind understands that and uh, find, 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 will find ways to, to get things done. Hopefully these, these things to pass, uh, you know, apologies can be accepted. Uh, and, uh, and maybe folks will think about that. We've been talking with Representative Alan Chester. He represents Nash County very well, I might add. So if you're listening from Nash County, keep that in mind when you go to the voting booth next time. I'm not advocating that you should vote for him, but just I'm saying you should listen to what he's doing. Uh, Representative Chester, really appreciate you being on today. Uh, you've been on with all things sane. Hopefully this was a little bit of sanity uh, and, a, and a very, very crazy and chaotic week uh, here at the legislature. We'll be back next week. I'm not sure if we'll be broadcasting from here at the building. Maybe we'll be broadcasting during a budget process. We'll see. But uh, really do appreciate you listening uh, to the podcast and to the broadcast live here on WSIC. We will talk to you next week. Thank you.